0: and it is our pleasure to welcome to the uh, program the radio play-by-play voice of Georgia's Southern Athletics as the Eagles get set to face Ohio he is also well known in our state former voice of the Citadel Bulldogs also an outstanding beat reporter for the Charleston Post and Courier he also served as the public address announcer for the Charleston River Dogs as we say hello to Danny Reed down at Myrtle Beach Danny welcome to Sports Talk how you doing tonight brother
1: Chris I don't like being here and you not being here this is weird <laughs>
0: You're further east than I am, and that's a rarity. <laughs> Normally I get to be furthest east. <laughs> so how has uh, the week been with the Myrtle Beach Bowl? And I'm guessing you guys probably didn't get to experience it much since Statesboro is not all that far from Myrtle Beach. But in terms of what you guys have done and the team has done, how has everybody enjoyed the uh, festivities thus far?
1: Well, the team's raved about it. They got here on Tuesday. They've been set that the – marriott beach resort which is fantastic accommodations for them being up here for the last few days they've had a chance to go to dave and buster's they had a bowling outing they had their graduation ceremonies for seven of the seniors last night and that was a really well done thing they, they take that really seriously with the soul ceremony that's been done in statesboro for oh close to a decade now but that, that's something that they really value the fall class is usually a little bit smaller so they They handle that really well, and that's something that I've always been really impressed with. In the terms of the radio crew, we didn't get up here until yesterday. I was in Knoxville, Tennessee on Tuesday with men's basketballs. We took on the volunteers. That didn't go too well, but having to get back to town and then grab another bag, well, I guess repack a bag that already was packed, and then get up here on Thursday and then to play bright and early 11 a.m. tomorrow against a team that you've never seen before. You're familiar with the MAC but never played Ohio before, been close to playing Ohio a couple of different times, but to now be on the same field with them and then being on the other sideline. They're coming in 9-3. and three. Georgia Southern is in pretty bad need of a victory after four straight losses to end the season. They've had three weeks to stew on that App State loss. So, yeah, the fact that it's not only a bowl game, but it's the very first bowl game and a chance to show everybody that that game and those four games were just an aberration and not the way things have turned into, it, this is really important for this program.
0: Danny, when folks tune in tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, and that's going to be an early kick time, but when they uh, brush the sleepy out of their eyes and look at Georgia Southern, they're probably going to scratch their eyes again because this isn't your typical father's Georgia <laughs> Southern football team, is it? You guys have totally revamped what you're trying to do offensively, and it seems like it is starting to take hold.
1: Yeah, gone to the days of ground and pound with three backs and the option with Tracy Ham and Adrian Peterson, Paul Johnson, and Eric Russell. It was when Clay Helton came in last year that the offense was, in their terms, modernized and in a way of looking at it. They still run the football about 30 times per game, but there aren't very much in terms of option principles as part of the scheme. But O.C. Brian Ellis, who came in from Western Kentucky, a couple spells there. He had also worked with Coach Helton out at USC, but he is a Georgia guy. He's a middle Georgia guy. This has this been a lot to him to be able to come back here after he played in Peach County and won a state championship. What he has done with 2 6 60-year quarterbacks is really impressive, Score more than 30 points per game. Wide receiver Caleb Hood owns just about every major receiving record that Georgia Southern has. Now, I know you're thinking, well, you got to put that in the proper context because it was a whole lot of passing over the first 40 years. But for the person that Caleb is, you value the stats that he has put up that much more because he came to Statesboro when the team was running the option. So when he realized, wait, you mean I'm going to catch the ball maybe 10 times a game as opposed to 10 times a season? Okay, I'm all on board for that. He had (laughs) 87 catches last year. He's coming into this game with 94. That's a school record. He has a chance to be the first Sunbelt guy, I think, in 11 years that can have 100 catches. He has a shot at a 1,000-yard season. I know this is a really good Ohio defense, but it's a glimpse that the current state of college football requires that Maybe you don't do things exactly the same as everybody. Yeah, everybody's got their own version of tempo, and there's very few teams that are still run-heavy and option-based. But if you can get the people that you believe in, give them a system that they can thrive in, and get a fan base that buys in, then that's something that you can really build upon. And yet, yeah, Clay Help might be 12 and 13 over the course of his two seasons in Statesboro. But when you change so much, so drastically, so quickly, it takes time. And patience isn't something that Eagle fans have a ton of, but they've had to exercise it a little bit. And I think tomorrow would do a lot in terms of ending the season on a good note. It would be a winning record, a bowl trophy, rings for those guys, and the chance for that group to celebrate the journey that they've been on together.
2: Uh, Danny Reed joining us, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles, as Georgia Southern prepares to take on Ohio in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Danny, look, we don't have to go over this ad nauseum. We know that the transfer portal and opt-outs have become a part of our reality. Duke is about to play in a bowl game without their head coach, quarterback, running back, or half their defense. <laughs> Georgia Southern, on the other hand, now, I'm let, now you correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been scouring kind of the, the internet. It looks like Georgia Southern's intact heading into this game. Is there a secret to that? What do you think led to that?
1: It's very, very minimal. You had two guys declared for the NFL draft. Four guys did go into the portal and will not be available for this contest. But it really shows that the guys that Coach Helton brought in, good players, but you can really understand the kind of people that they are. For an age where a lot of athletes are chasing the buck, and whether that's right or wrong, that's up to the athlete. But for guys to stay here, Believe in this process and want to be part of getting Georgia Southern back to where it believes that it should be to look at a roster that is just about fully intact. Whereas I'll, I'll use Coastal as an example 19 guys I think I saw that are in the portal that that's almost an entire one side two deep of the football. But for Georgia Southern, you're going to have just about every major gun that you ended the season with, and you might get some guys back from injury if things fall right. But I do believe that the people that they've brought in, the culture that they've established, people want to be a part of this instead of run away from it.
0: Danny, if I'm not mistaken, speaking of guys not available, and I'm not so sure it's from transfers or not, but Ohio's down to quarterback number three, if I'm not mistaken. How big of an advantage do you think that is for Georgia Southern tomorrow, and especially defensively, or is that a great concern because you're not quite sure what you'll see out of him?
1: Well, in one way, you're thinking that, Curtis Rourke, no longer being the quarterback, benefits Georgia Southern, a former MAC offensive player of the year. He just committed to Kurt Signetti in Indiana, a chance to play his final season in the Big Ten. But in another way, when you go to a guy like Parker Navarro, the UCF transfer who's only thrown 10 passes all year and has only played about 100 snaps, in one way you think, well, this should be chop looking time for an Eagle defense that's been much more aggressive in 22 than they were, or I'm sorry, in 23 than they were in 22. But in another way, Navarro's a really good runner. He is their longest carry of the season. For a guy that's only played 100 snaps, he had a 52-yard run against Kent State earlier this season, and nobody else has had a run like that. So, yeah, he is their number three quarterback, but more than capable of giving them some firepower. They're also down their top two running backs. who transferred three of their top four wide receivers are in the portal. But the one that is, it may be their best overall guy and Sam Wiglis, who began his career at Ohio State. He's been first-team all MAC each of the last two seasons so it's not to say that the cupboard is bare but let's just say the cans have been turned a different way
0: i want to go back to a comment you made to open up the show about what the teams have been able to do especially from a georgia southern perspective at the myrtle beach bowl from an outsider's point of view if you will from your perspective how good has the committee treated both teams and how excited are both teams, especially Georgia Southern? I would think maybe not quite the destination you were hoping for, a place you actually come play every other year. But how has the team sort of responded to playing in the Myrtle Beach Bowl and how good a job do you think the uh, committee has done in making sure both teams have an enjoyable uh, lead up to the game tomorrow?
1: It's been wonderfully well-run. Having a chance to have our pep rally tonight over at the Hangout, we actually had a one-hour show on the network where we had Coach Helton, some players. We talked with some members of our NIL collective, just showing you where college athletics has gone and the support that's been generated and the buy-in that has to take place if everybody is going to succeed and everybody's going to pull on the same side of that rope. And honestly, for Georgia Southern, like you talked about a little bit earlier, when you end a regular season with four straight losses after at one point being in contention, to control your own destiny and win the East division in the Sunbelt Conference, which is a terrifically difficult division, and then you lose four in a row and you have that taken away from you. If you don't get this bowl, those seniors end their careers with a 55-27 loss against your arch rival. And then for Ohio, they were thinking that, well, went to a MAC championship last year, didn't get a chance to win that game, came back this year, they were the three-season favorite in the MAC East, they win nine games, they just missed out on getting back to Detroit, and for them, they're out to prove that a 6 and 6 George Southern should be on the same field as them, regardless of how many guys are or are not on the roster. So there's are some compelling storylines on both sides. And the fact that it's at 11 a.m. means that whoever answers the bell that much earlier should be in position to get this win.
0: Steak, eggs, and grits on pregame for tomorrow morning.
1: You know it, baby. <laughs>
0: Danny Reed, the voice of Georgia Southern Athletics, kind enough to join us from Myrtle Beach, getting ready for the first bowl game of the 2023 postseason. Myrtle Beach Bowl as Georgia Southern takes on Ohio. Danny, we really appreciate the time. We'll let you get to bed because you've got to get up pretty early tomorrow and get to work, and we wish you guys all the best of luck tomorrow against Ohio.
1: Chris, thanks a lot. You guys have a good
0: to- All right, pal. This is Danny Reed, the voice of Georgia Southern Athletics, at 11 o'clock for a football game, local time or not. Uh, Smitty, that's early. You gotta be ready to go right off the bat at
2: eleven o'clock in the morning. That's that's kind of early. Yeah, brunch special there. But hey, <laughs> hey, get get uh get T V get the spotlight on us here in South Carolina. Anything we can do to get that national spotlight, I'll take it. I'm so Myrtle Beach is such a great destination city. I've look, I've been singing that particular chorus for a long time. I've always believed Myrtle Beach especially this time of year, is built for it. The hotels are Mm -hmm. available in the winter. So anytime we get the chance to host any kind of golf tournament or a bowl game or in Myrtle Beach, perhaps a, uh, you know, kind of a preseason basketball tournament, ideal location. We need to do it more.
0: I would agree. I would agree, and I think they've done a terrific job thus far. And I was wondering if Georgia Southern would be overly excited about being there because they get to play, obviously, Coastal every other year in Conway. But from Danny's point of view, when you lose four in a row, you can't be too picky. And it sounds like those guys are ready to go, and I'm sure Ohio will be as well. 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, the bowl season gets underway. The Coastal Carolina Sean is also going bowling next Saturday in Hawaii. I'll let you hear from their head coach. Coming up next as we roll on here on Sports Talk on a busy Friday.